0: Hey, this is Liz Kelly, and welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. Up on TheRinger.com this week, we've posted our streaming recommendations for the month of September, updated our 50 Best Superhero Movies of All Time list, and make sure to check out our Stephen King coverage by Ben Lindbergh on the site and on the Big Picture Podcast. On the sports side, our NFL experts are giving their predictions for the season, the storylines they're most excited about, and finalizing their rankings of the top 150 fantasy players of 2019. You can check it out on TheRinger.com.
1: I sports to have to clear the room. Stand up and walk. Now.
2: Hello, and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRinger.com, and joining me in the studio, just some guy I play car pranks with, it's Jason Gallagher. <laughs> Brother Pastor Chris. What's up, man? So Jason's here today. I wanted to bring him in because I wanted to talk about righteous gemstones, awesome. uh, which I haven't really talked about since... Jodie Hill, Danny McBride, David Gordon Green were on the pod right before the show, you know, premiered. Yeah. And then today it was just announced that it was going to be coming back for another season on HBO. So very cool news if you're a fan, which I am. So we'll get to that. Also in the second half of the show, we'll have the number one boys audio, which is me and Jason Concepcion's succession after show talking about Turnhaven. Did you enjoy that episode? Did you watch it yet? I have to be honest. I haven't watched it. Yet. Okay, because I was out.
1: I was out of the office during the screening, and then I caught up on Gemstones because I knew I'd be featured on the Watch podcast. Well,
2: because like, if there's two things you know about, it's comedy and God. <laughs> <laughs> they do just. Call me God guy. Or, the or comedy god. Hey, God guy. Uh no, Jason has some personal experiences with mega churches, I guess it's fair to say. And but I, I also just think that he and I are very much on the same wavelength when it comes to McDanay McBride shows. Uh I did want to talk briefly to you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Go for it. About it, chapter two. Because uh this is one of those ones where it made $185 million worldwide at the box office, which is I kinda have to imagine the folks at New Line are like God damn, can we come up with an it chapter three? <laughs> yeah. Can we wake that clown up one more right. time? I went and saw it on Friday. I did it in about the worst way possible, which is, you know, I had a fully emotionally committed to going to see it on Friday. Mm-hmm. Then my wife was like, I don't want to see it tonight. And I had fully emotionally decommitted from seeing it. And then my wife was like, actually, I've perked up. Let's go see it chapter two. And I, I did not buy back in. And so I went. <laughs> And almost immediately, I think with the thing that you recognize with this movie, and I'll—I'm not going to—I guess I'm spoiling It Chapter 2 for people who haven't seen it, including you. Yeah. But the first thing you notice is that uh, it's going to be really long. (laughs) And the reason why it's going to be really long is because they essentially made, like, six little movies and just strung them together. Because they made— individual jams for every character. So they all get introduced over the course of about 45 minutes to an hour. Uh. They meet for one scene in a Chinese restaurant, which is pretty good. And then they all split up. There's nothing worse than them being like, we have to split up in one of these movies. And then their split up takes about an hour, hour and a half. And then they come back and fight the clown for like an hour. Or is it kind of the
1: same beat for each character? I mean, it, similarly, because that's a, that was my feeling towards It Chapter 1, was it was just like a kid walks into a like, quiet room. Like, did we room. need
2: like however many kids? Could yeah. we just do
1: this with three? Exactly. I think that's
2: sometimes like a, a problem with ensembles. I thought that the adult actors were different enough. Yeah. You know, Hater really goes for it in this movie. Good. Uh, James Ransom, who a lot of people remember from The Wire, uh, was really good in it as Eddie uh, Chastain plays Bev Uh McAvoy, I feel like you get good and bad McAvoy. I'm a McAvoy guy, but are like you? I think that you can get a bad McAvoy every once in a while. And this this was one of them. Oh, wow. But the big thing for me is just that not only is it structurally just kind of taxing, mm-hmm. but then there's just the Stephen King of it all. And are you a Stephen King fan? Uh, not really. Are you, like, I,
1: I, I have to be honest. I, I'm here for... Did you read the books at all when you were a kid? I... No, I didn't read any books. But I like. You didn't it. read any books at I all? I didn't read any Stephen King <laughs> okay. books. I wasn't a, you know, I wasn't a. You're like Nell. I, I, like you I wasn't didn't read. what they call a
2: reader, so to speak, <laughs> when quotes. I was younger. How do you even know how air quotes work if you <laughs> I didn't have read. no idea? <laughs> um, I would say that I was a sporadic Stephen King guy. I was not a huge one. The, yeah. Those books always seem super long, but obviously you can kind of crush them. Sure. Uh, I think I read like Tommyknockers. I think yeah. I read a couple other ones. But the funny thing is, with. Stephen King film adaptations of books that you haven't read, mm-hmm. you'll be watching the movie and you'll be like, why did they put that in the movie? Why, like, I, they, they have to have had a better idea for this. Yeah. I wonder what they left out, what gems Stephen King had. And then you go to Wikipedia and you read the plot description and you're like, wow, this is way worse. Yeah, I'm glad they left that like, out. Like there's a, do you know that in It there's a, a turtle god that vomited up the universe that helps them? No, yeah. I had no idea.
1: And there's an orgy. I, know, I knew about the orgy scene because at the end of, it chapter one it's kind of when it takes place, and then that's supposed to be when it it's takes when place? it takes that's how they get out of it because I remember thinking thats a, the, it's funny that you mentioned that. I remember thinking that scene uh all the kids were like it, they had like that weird they were kissing with blood on their hands yeah, and yeah. I was like, well, this seems strange, and then it's did like the same thing the And then I was like actually that's that the was tip tame. of the creep iceberg
2: <laughs> for that so yeah, um, it just winds up being like I think that the, these books are incredibly atmospheric mm. and that on the surface you're just like. Oh man, small town Maine, indescribable evil, bunch of people trying to figure it out. This is so cool, and it, a lot of you know a lot of it has like, if not set in the '80s, it has a certain like '80s yeah. feel to it. And then when it's in practice, there's a few things to iron out. You know, there's a few, a few problems, sure. both structurally, plot-wise, and then also like ultimately thematically. I think they're a little bit unsatisfying, but. I don't know what's going to happen now, because $185 million worldwide would suggest there's a lot of gold to mine there. Now, whether or not it's specifically this clown, or there's just like, it's Stephen King season.
1: They can do a... They'll do like an origin story, right? Or I guess they probably...
2: I guess they could do an origin story. They could also just say, hey, the it's back. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, yeah. Or I mean, because they made it, so instead of doing the... The book is fifties and eighties, mm-hmm. and this is eighties and present day. I think mm. so. It had some Stranger Things throwback appeal, or like it's like eighty nine or whatever in the sure. in the book, and they're playing Street Fighter and stuff like that. But they don't. I don't. You know, they're not going to go into the future, so it would have to be maybe a, a prequel. You're right. Let's talk a little bit about gemstones. Woo! Tell me what you think of this show.
1: Well, I love it. Yeah. I mean, the phrase "Who is this for?" gets tossed around a lot, and this show, specifically this show is made for me as a product of going to rather large churches. I would say that the church that I grew up going to was like a wannabe mega church. So this is, to Texas? Yeah, to the degree that like we went and scouted mega, mega churches a couple times. Um, to see which one was right for you? Well, to see how they're doing like their youth groups and things like that. Okay.
2: Um, Wait, when you were in the church you were in, you guys would go around and be like, what are we missing out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so we went to like the one of the largest churches in Texas
1: and all this stuff. And it's just like, it's... Absolutely insane. What's the largest church in Texas like? Um, well, this one was in Irving, Texas, and it was it was literally like you you walk through like turnstiles, and then uh, I was a visitor, so they give you like a lanyard, and it just said "visitor" on the lanyard, <laughs> and then they have like like one of the most telling scenes. I don't I remember what episode this is from, but it, he's getting coffee from like the church coffee shop, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like Holy Grounds or something like that. And <laughs> um, like, that's very common. Uh-huh. Like having a coffee shop, like a cool vibe within your church lobby is like super, super, that's not even like mega church stuff. That's like middle of the ground church stuff. So I'm like, I love this show. I always thought, honestly, Danny McBride is literally the perfect Human being with the perfect sensibilities to take on the mega church. yeah,, uh, because just nothing he does is subtle, and nothing mega churches do is subtle. and, yeah, yeah I don't know. And, and for for those who grew up in the church, like and and if you're like slightly creative, which sometimes you know, sometimes I like to think that I am. yeah, you think like so does Kelvin. yeah,' <laughs> <he's slightly> creative, <laughs> but you'd like to you think that, oh my God, the church should be like, a western or like space or like the forest yeah. or something like that like the church is actually like an untapped world that can just like i could watch 50 church shows every from the mega church all the way down to like the small town church politics of like will i be a deacon like like there's so much ripe story to just be had yeah
2: I think that they've got something here that's really fun I mean so Jason alluded to this but so if if you're just sort of catching up righteous gemstones is obviously about a family called the gemstones Mm -hmm. John Goodman's the father Danny McBride Adam Devine are the sons Edie Patterson is the daughter There's a cast of characters kind of on the periphery including most importantly Walton Goggins as baby Billy Freeman (laughs) uh, who is a sort of rural preacher related to the gemstones. He Um, operates out of a Sears. And he operates out of an old Sears in a mall. Uh, And then there's a bunch of different things happening. There's like a the big thing is that this this show is slightly different than Vice Principals and Eastbound. Yeah. All the Vice Principals had some of this stuff. This is more of like a caper. Yeah. Like, it, it feels a lot more like an Elmore Leonard novel. It feels a lot more like kind of idiots in trouble. Yeah. Whereas it's not like a pure comedy, I would say. No. But it is very funny. Yeah. And when you ask, who's this for? or What does this show need to exist? It transports me back to about a six or seven years ago time What it was, like, this was the perfect uh, replacement-level show. And, -hmm. like, this kind of thing being on, you were just like, man, this show is hilarious. Yeah. And I'm so glad it's on Sunday. What a great pairing with Mm -hmm. Succession. And I can just go into my week with a smile on my face. Yep. And it's, like, a great cap to, like, a football Sunday or something like that. So I'm really happy. I'm really happy it's going to get a second season. I wanted to talk to you about a couple of the different elements here. Let's go. Um, In your experience, (laughs) like— How is is the gaudiness of it appropriate? Like, is it like I don't think it's like it, I don't care if it's realistic, but yeah. do you think what do you think it is that they get right about the family? So I've I've
1: known a few like uh, mega church pastors in mm-hmm. my day, and I've never met one that has like a whole uh, like you know property where their entire family lives and all that stuff. Right, um, that's like kind like of a like a Roman common, palace. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the sort of like you know, the naming a ministry after your own name type thing, uh, instead of calling it like something like, you know, faith church or something, they're just like, I'm going to put my name in there. And mm-hmm. like, like that sort of, it, this sort of uh, exuberant, like the last mega church thing I went to featured like Ben Carson and Drew Brees. Like they were like the, also the speakers that <laughs> night. I, I'm not kidding. Wow. So yeah, so it was like, and it was in a massive auditorium and it's stadium style seating. Uh um, was this?
2: What's that? one was this? Had Breeze won a Super Bowl yet? Yeah, he had.
1: Um, This was, I I went to this actually for like a work thing. (laughs) Long story about my life there. But um, yeah, I think they get it pretty right. And, but it's also like, like obviously I think Danny McBride's super funny and like, all the stuff that, that he's getting himself into is just like, I just, I, I think his comedy is like so funny, but, but it's the subtle things like the faith factor shirt that, mm-hmm. that Adam Devine wears is amazing. Like those are the subtle things that they get so right about like the evangelical church culture. Like, um, if you go to there, there's a real famous, like Christian church store called Mardell's Mm -hmm. and if you walk in there and you look at the t-shirts it's all like five to ten year old pop culture references but they just replace (laughs) it with like something you know so like it's like instead of damn Daniel it's like damn book of Daniel Yeah, (laughs) exactly um and they just have it like when I saw that t-shirt I was just like cracking up and like the youth group culture stuff um Hanging out at like a bounce house, which is like m- literally made for my five year old son, mm-hmm. but like, it's like this guy's like a, yeah, this yeah. guy's like awesome at it or yeah. whatever. Like that's all super super accurate. I um, think even
2: the stuff they get wrong, they get right. Even like Keefe, you know, oh, yeah, and Keefe's Keith. <laughs> old running mates in yeah. the Satanism right. underworld. So like, there's this whole part from last night's episode where Keefe is just. It, 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 I think the episode opens. Yeah, he's like walking through South Carolina, like through I guess. Charleston or somewhere, wherever mm-hmm. they're, I mean, it's shot in Charleston. And uh, he walks by a sports bar where a bunch of people are watching a Clemson basketball game. Yeah. And then he's like walking down like the wrong side of the tracks and comes across a group of Satanists that he used to <laughs> run with. And they're like, what is it, like Crypto Kyle is one of them or like, yeah, yeah. like I, I can't remember, but it was like, there's a bunch of Satanists and they're like, hey, Keith, like, come back and, and hang out with us. We're going to like party tonight. Right. And then their music is like from like the Matrix. It's like it's like Ministry or something. And it's like so, so even when it's like I don't know this like this guy's dressed like he's in a black metal band, but right. they're listening to like industrial techno. Yeah, it's so fucking funny. Yeah, uh, what do you what is it about McBride's comedy that you like so much?
1: That it's big. It's just always big, and and not just like in his jokes or whatever. Like half the time he's he's saying something, and I'm like I'm pretty sure that's. That's problematic in twenty nineteen, but I just don't care because he's so huge with his delivery and not and now him being given the gifts of like a large, seemingly budget or whatever. Sure. I mean, he just even the directing style is massive. Like every episode contains some some huge scene or yeah, some, some car, car chase, chase or yeah. something like that. Like the in the pilot, the wide shot of him running over. The female like I oh guess, yeah antagonist I don't know protagonist antagonist who knows but I love that he plays these just like huge assholes and that you're you're cheering for him kind of but like he's definitely the bad guy like I was telling Kelly I was like Danny McBride is the villain of this show yeah, yeah. but like I am cheering so hard for him and yeah and I I don't know I just think he's I just think he's amazing I'm looking for the next week's episode I'm really really looking forward to the the sort of their flashback episode, it seems like. Yes. Um, Jennifer Nettles playing the mom. Like, she, they're <laughs> literally born to play this part. I cannot freaking wait to see
2: her just crush it. With Baby Billy, yeah. Oh,
1: my God. It's going to be amazing because she, like, already hosts, like, 15 CMT, like, specials every year. Yeah. And she's already kind of that character anyways. this was, like, brilliant casting there.
2: I like the, the way that they've handled this ensemble this year where it's, like, it. the humor is not entirely McBride-dependent. No. So Divine got kind of a lot of, of shine last night. Mm-hmm. Goggins got a lot of time the week before that. Eli Gemstone, who's the character McBride plays, is reliably like a doofus. Jesse, Jesse Gemstone yeah, yeah. is reliably a, a doofus in, in every scene. Right. But like he doesn't have to be in every one of them. No. And so it's, it's even characters like uh, Cassie Freeman, who plays his wife Amber, like had a really funny right. episode last night. So it's yeah, it's just like a really funny interesting show um really i'm really like kind of into it
1: all the scenes with when he gathers with his siblings um and then all the the group of guys that he was doing cocaine with mm-hmm. every one of those types of scenes i like Those are my favorite. When when he like oh, when he's talking
2: to Levi and Chad, yeah, Yeah. and he
1: just shits on them, Mm -hmm. and they give him like they gave him like a coin. He was like, "I made commemorative coins for our experience," and it just said, (laughs) "We did it." (laughs) Oh my god! Like all of those scenes are so funny, and you know, McBride's so good, and and to him to take on religion and uh, it's just it's everything I've ever wanted out of him I I I honestly don't even know what he does
2: what do you think some of like your more still religious friends would think of the show
1: I think they'd love it oh yeah yeah I mean like I don't I have a lot of I I I'm like still pretty good friends with pastors and stuff like that I I, you know the mega church I've kind of lost touch with with those folks but Mm -hmm. um but in no means am I an anti-religious person or anything. But I, I know one of my one of my very good friends is a Lutheran
2: pastor, and he watches Righteous Sons <laughs> and he loves it. That should be like their their what they put on the poster. One of my, one of Jason Gallagher's. <laughs> no, just like your Lutheran pastor's friends endorsed. Like, I love it. <laughs> I mean, he
1: does. Yeah, because it, because it's uh, the megachurch is obviously this like insane. I mean, I'm sure like you could watch like a John Oliver segment on it, but it's this insanely. Um, I don't know. It feels corrupt. It takes advantage of people, it feels like, in a lot of ways. And for Danny McBride to be playing, like, a character high up in that is
2: just, like... And they've got, like, this setup where they're making it essentially, like... You can tell that, like, the Ocean's Eleven part is coming. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. And... I don't know. But the guys in Ocean's Eleven are idiots. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. people they're robbing are idiots, too. So You're, it's pretty funny. Yeah.
1: McBride praying and just, just him praying and quoting scripture is just amazing. Yeah. The way that he does that and, and his prayer and in his house. And it was just like this beautiful montage. And remember Goodman's like holding a snake. <laughs> and then it's just like the doorbell rings and he's just like the fuck like it just ends the prayer like that or whatever and he just keeps saying things like you are forgiven of my suspicions of you (laughs) it's it's so good
2: uh all right so thank you jason that's right just gemstones jason concepcion and i are going to be on in the second half of this episode with the audio from our succession after show number one boys Mm -hmm. uh we'll be back on thursday and i'll have a special show from kind of the set slash the surrounding area of Briar Patch. I'm going to go visit Annie tomorrow in New Mexico, and that should be a really fun one. Can't wait for that. All right, thanks, guys. Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by Kroger Grocery Stores. Did you know that one in eight Americans struggle with hunger, yet 40% of food produced in the U.S. gets thrown away? and A lot of that food waste happens at home. When food waste is sent to landfills, greenhouse gases are released, so it's a problem for our planet, too. But think about this. If we redirected just one-third of the food we waste to people in need, we would more than cover the unmet food needs across the country while helping to protect our planet. That's what Kroger is doing through their Zero Hunger, Zero Waste Foundation. Last year alone, Kroger donated 325 million meals to local food banks, and they've got some great tips to help reduce food waste at home, too. It's all part of their goal to achieve zero hunger and zero waste by 2025. Check out Kroger.com slash ZHZW to learn more. That's Kroger.com slash ZHZW. Welcome to number one boys the yes! succession after show. This is Jason Concepcion. Right. I am Chris Ryan. We are here to talk about Succession Season 2, Episode 5, Turnhaven. Oh yeah. We're going to get right into buy and sell Let's about go. this episode. This is probably one of the more excruciating episodes of TV I've seen in a while, especially of Succession, even though there's another episode of Succession where Kendall fucking kills a guy. That's how excruciating <laughs> this dinner party was. We get into buy or sell, and I am buying dinner parties. Amazing stuff at the dinner party. Incredible uh,
0: meeting of cultures, you know, the, yes. kind of the more left-leaning pierces. Liberal blue bloods. The more uh, right-leaning Roy's but with a lot more uh, in common than I think they would like to admit.
2: Yeah, and I think that that was the coolest thing about this dinner party. Usually with these reunion episodes, which were the backbone of season one, you get all the Roys together. Yeah. This time it was all the Roys who were together. I think this is like the longest they've been together this season. All yes. of them.
0: Probably the first time they've been together like this since the family therapy uh,
2: session in yes. season one. And then they have, so they, they all get together and they're getting together with the Pierces because... The, uh, Waystar is looking to, to acquire uh, PGN, and they're all confronted with their mirror image in yeah. some way or another. So Nan and Logan are kind of these heads of the families that are very full of bluster, but right. also probably have a couple of moves. Rhea and Shiv are kind of these CEOs in the you know these sort of queens in the making. Right. Uh, Max and Connor are the curiosos who are just kind of (laughs) on the outskirts of the family. Right. And then Kendall and Naomi are in very many ways like the most human parts of the family, but also the most damaged. The troubled scions,
0: each with their uh, leader of the family's ear in a certain way, but but the relationships are very different. Naomi has a lot of juice with Nan as Raya says. Yeah, yeah. Um and Kendall has a lot of juice with uh, apparently
2: with Logan. Okay, so let's see I, Jason and I really want to talk about this one idea cuz I think this is one of the more ambiguous episodes of Succession yeah. that we've seen. There's a lot of situations in this episode where you're like I can't tell who knows what right. here, right? So what what was like an example of that that you saw? Well, I'm trying to figure out if Logan chess-moved this
0: whole thing. Yes. Right? So have Shiv come in because uh, she would be attractive to the pierces, um, but also set everything up in such a way that they'd see that, oh, everybody here, even though it is kind of incompetent except for Logan. Right. um, Have Kendall come in as, you know, the troubled... Addict in rehab to entrap Naomi, their own troubled yeah. addict in rehab. Uh,
2: like, did he do that on
0: purpose? Yeah, I think the, he may have.
2: So this goes about as wrong as it possibly could for the right. Roy family. He has, he wants everybody to stay in their lane. He wants right. everybody to take a different member of the Pierce family and seduce them. He wants everybody to just play by the same playbook. Right. And then it just goes completely off the rails at dinner, where Shiv jumps in front of the bus and says, I'm going to be the next CEO. Marsha starts popping off and drinking extra glasses of wine. Kendall essentially gets called out for being an active drug user by Naomi. Uh, Connor is is like screaming about like fluoride at the, b- the other end of the table.
0: Roman is openly lying about reading? Yeah. <laughs> Roman, <laughs> Roman, Roman is
2: are you big, making up author big, names. Are you a big reader? So yeah. it's, it's going as bad as it possibly could. And on one hand, it seems like Logan is like, oh, shit. But on the other hand, is that exactly what he expected? He's smart enough to know who his family is. So if you invite them to this place, keep them all in the same room, put them under pressure, and ply them with alcohol, it's almost like this is exactly what he wanted because obviously, as we see at the end of the episode, he gets what he wants.
0: Even even the addition of Marsha, which they get into that tiff, Mm -hmm. which is is a shocking moment. Um, But... You could see that Nan was like, "Oh well, he married this woman from Lebanon." Mm-hmm. There's got to be some amount of depth to him that we don't understand. She even she says, "You know, a man in your position might have taken a different kind of yeah. bride." Um, it all seems designed to, on the one hand, seduce, and on their hand, um, show them that maybe Logan is the best, the best option. But I can't, I, he may have had that in the back of his mind, but he seemed too legitimately upset when it all seemed like it was going to It just seems apart.
2: like a guy this smart wouldn't be like, I bet when I bring all these people to this party, they're yeah. just going to nail it. Because they're just incapable of doing that. Everything that we've seen from them before would suggest that, like, there's just no way Roman can keep his shit together over the course of two nights. Right, you night.
0: don't, you don't take Connor or something like this. Yes. And be like, talk to this guy from the Brookings <laughs> Institute.
2: Right. Yeah, a- and and get him to change his vote from no to yes. So, for the other example that I saw of of this show really like kind of being a little bit murky is what does Kendall know? right? right. So Logan obviously has a side plan with Kendall where Kendall's supposed to arrive late, right. make it very clear what he's been up to. Yeah. Kendall's like crunching numbers and seems to be like That's important, got a job to do here, and then weirdly like he comes in. Raz like. We could really use someone like you. Like Reyes seems kind of uh, um, interested in Kendall, as like a, in terms of his mind. Yeah. And then Naomi and him obviously have like this like almost chemical attraction. Right. Speak not to put too Legit- fun, oh, point oh, on yeah. it. And then so, but how much does Kendall know about what Logan's overall plan is? Because Kendall, Frank, and Logan are having these side meetings. So the show is really doing an interesting thing here because typically. Everything that the characters know is right in front of us. Right. And this time, like, there's stuff happening off screen that we're not aware of.
0: I think that, I think Ken is, you know, we were talking off camera about why did the Pierce's cave? And it seems like mm-hmm. they did cave at the end. Um, and I think Ken crunching those numbers, much the same way with the Valter episode, he was able to perhaps uncover the weakness of the Pierce position yeah. that's not right. obvious. Right. Like, because they need that cash. Ultimately, they like, need the money. Yes,
2: and it's ultimately like they always knew it was going to be a matter of money and were probably always prepared to pay 25 Right. and the shiv thing being like this deal breaker was never really going to be a deal breaker because he obviously, he and Jerry were expecting a phone call on that right. helicopter. So, that was, so buying dinner parties, that's where we're at with buying and selling. What do you buy? Uh, I am going to buy Jerry again
0: who quietly <laughs> had the best dinner party performance. I thought that line when uh, you know, when uh, Logan is like, well, Jerry's on the paperwork for being the CEO, but I think that even she would say that she can't handle it. Yeah. And then her rejoinder of, uh, well, maybe the second person. I would be the second person to say that. <laughs> I thought was perfect, and also this burgeoning relationship or whatever you want to call it with roman um she's accruing power certainly that way but there's also like a very strange warmth to it yeah that i don't know at all how to describe it's unlike i honestly like i i kind
2: of don't know what to say about this I don't, because I don't. you're like this is hugely depraved and disturbing, and also, like maybe the most sincere a uh, very sincere expression of affection on this show, yeah, I mean, there's a vul- like there's a vulnerability to Roman
0: in these moments that is awful, but also is a clearly the result of the awful way he was brought up, yeah. Yeah. And, and treated by probably Kendall and probably Logan it, and what yeah and him uh you know revealing that to Jerry is is strangely heartwarming even though it's absolutely depraved and wrong
2: it's it, it was wild how like this episode just like immediately revealed all of like the the worst aspects of their yeah. personalities it's like Connor is an absolute freak Roman <laughs> Roman definitely has like Necrophilia fantasies with his with his girlfriend, who he's unable to sexually satisfy in any other way. Yes. Kendall is just completely like uh, is using constantly now, yeah. Shiv, who I think is nominally the hero of the show, sort of also is like can barely control her own
0: ambition and and is willing to cast aside any actual beliefs and ideology that she may or may not have, right. In service of pursuing those ambitions, right? She's ready to cast aside everything she believes in. She says in that moment when her and Tom pretend they have a dog sitting problem, go out. Mondale. From the hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mondale. Oh, the Mondale. Dog. That's that's, uh, that's hopeful. <laughs> that's a good sign. That's hopeful, right? Uh, they go out there, and she says, "You know, I don't even believe in this, but I want it so badly." Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, basically, like, losing confidence in the plan that I set out. Yeah. Uh, as far as buying and selling, so you're buying Jerry. Yeah. I'm going to sell helicopters. Oh, man. I just feel like there should be a higher degree of difficulty in turning those on. Because <laughs> if, you, if you've if you got two scions of very rich yeah. families crushing a bottle of Belvedere and, and doing rails, they shouldn't be able to flip three switches and turn a helicopter on. And there was like a moment where you're just like, oh my God, Kendall's going to fly this helicopter and this is going to yeah, be the oh, end of Kendall. Was, I was like, oh no.
0: <laughs> there was, I got to say that one of the uh, really kind of fine details about this show, about like this kind of... like environment of wealth that these characters have grown up in one of the things i really appreciate is the helicopters and the way they uh the way they engage with the helicopters one ken knowing how to he's been in them so much he knows yeah, how he to yeah he knows turn all them. the words he can yeah. at least get the the rotor to, to start the throttle going. yeah and also when it lands and they come off they don't duck yeah there's no ducking they've just been on these helicopters so much that they just walk out.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. Did you have any other buyer cells you wanted to add and on? I'm going to sell a uh,
0: noblesse oblige, <laughs> this kind of idea, this European idea of um, the responsibility of lords and ladies and of the wealthy to be uh, kind and generous With the way they employ their wealth and power. And you see that in the moments when Nan Pierce is inviting her servant to come have a drink with us. Why do you never take a break? You're always working so hard. Why don't you come and have have this? have this drink with us, and the way, the kindness that she shows them, um, that's all really just kind of a front. Yeah. You know, like that moment again when she comes out with the, with the roast as if she cooked. The and roast. everybody's clapping. Yo, yeah. and, then the, uh, and then her cook is like looking, is peeking out like from the corner to see how everybody uh, responds to it. You know, it's like all these moments. I'm selling those bullshitty moments.
2: So who's your number one boy then for this week? It's got to be Logan, right? Yeah, it's Logan. I mean, if he orchestrated this entire thing down to knowing what his own family members were going to do, yeah. down to having the intel that—I mean, that—that's the thing. That's other. The other weird thing is when Ray like, Naomi's here, yeah, and he's all freaked out. Like, yeah, like, oh, I didn't, didn't know. Yeah, why didn't but you tell me? But then it's like you seem like you had Kendall immediately yes. undo her immediately. So maybe he did know. I—it's hard to say. He,
0: I played played Kendall, used Kendall like as a chess piece. Yeah. So the point where uh, Naomi was like, when he says, oh, I'm I'm in recovery too. And she's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, oh, how did you know? I could just sense it on you. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't you ask me? All right. So number one boy is Logan. We're going to get into biggest burn of the week now. Biggest burn of the week. uh, There's that moment where they have like the quick time out. The family has a quick timeout out oh from dinner. Oh my god, yeah. And it's like essentially like all of you guys line up and Logan is just gonna like execute each of yeah. you. <laughs> and he's like Roman, you know, he tells Roman to modulate his laughing. We didn't get you from a hyena farm. I
0: love, there's a, there's a quick line when they're all coming to that room and Roman's like, I think that's going pretty well. I mean, nobody fucked Nan Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody killed the cat. And nobody killed the cat. Yeah. So that's going well. Yeah, that Did you was, have another biggest burr of the week? Uh, absolutely excruciating moment. When <laughs> Tabitha has just talked about how if, her, if some friend of hers can't have a child, she's planning on having a surrogate, a surrogate yeah. for them. Um, and then one of the pierces asks, well, what about, what about you two? What about you and Roman. And she says, uh, we're not, no, 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 we're not planning to have a baby because that would require us to have sex. <laughs> my skin actually crawled off of my body and went into the other room. That was so devastating. And I think like runner up moment for Naomi Pierce's Shakespeare subtweet of the Roys in general, when she gives that, uh, I think it's Richard the yeah. Second line about uh, the purest treasure mortal time affords is spotless reputation.
2: Dude, you know what I love is how Kendall will be like. You're like, oh, you're you're the beating heart of this show. Like you're really amazing, and then he'll be like. Are you a poetess? Yeah, and you're, you're like a, are you you're some such kind a douchebag. Are you some man? kind of
0: poetess? Are you or like actress? a poet?
2: That was really great. That are was you legit. Like a poetess.
0: That was the real deal. That like she <laughs> she held a ladle and 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 recited Shakespeare from memory and like Ken is like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, that's biggest burn of the week. Let's get into line of the week. Dude, I I guess like I kind of want to be like like earmuffs to people, but I gotta do it. Roman was on fire. This Roman week. was just Roman, firing. Roman was like shot out of a cannon. Not only did he... Here's in his entrance speech to the family when he returns from working in management training. Yes. He walks into the room and says, I'm a kettle corn shoveler here to show you frilly clit flickers the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and that is only one of a, a number of incredible lines I have to say because it, it's like, this happened on television. It did. Roman turned to his girlfriend and said, you shouldn't be turned on because dead women aren't wet. <laughs> <laughs> like, our, I don't even, our actual producers are like, I'm not sure if we can put this. That's on the
0: show. I don't, even know. I don't even know where to go with that. I don't think there's anywhere to
2: go. <laughs> that was amazing. Is Roman Roy canceled? I I know
0: because he's not canceled. And this is why this show is incredible because his actually quite astute um, definition of what consent is when he says, well... If two people <laughs> politely decide <laughs> that a wrong thing isn't wrong, then it's okay. They're that was like, actually a very astute. That was a great. Uh, de- that was a great definition of what consent is. Although Tabitha clearly is not consenting. Well, let's also like I'm out of here. Track
2: how like sexually charged that is. They're both fully clothed. Yes. And then Roman's idea of like sexual nirvana is masturbating into a bathroom door. Right. As someone. Denigrates him, Denigrates him <laughs> humiliates him, and tells him how much
0: his family would be absolutely devastated and ashamed of him if they knew what he was doing at that very moment. And that got him off in fifteen seconds. You gotta like, you
2: gotta walk out on the tightrope sometimes, and this show does that like every week. So those are our lines of the week. Oh wait, Jason, yeah, do you have I got other one. Lines?
0: I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm gonna go with after Shiv. Appears to blow up the dinner meeting by saying, Come on, Dad, just tell them it's gonna be me. And they, uh, her and Tom, retreat to their bedroom and she's like, Oh my God, is there any booze in here? And Tom says, No, there's just Emily Dickinson and low thread gown sheets.
2: <laughs> oh, incredible stuff. That's Light of the yeah. Week. A lot of people come to Jason and I. That's re- right. The succession recapping stuff is kind of a secondary endeavor for us because we are two of the only people at the Ringer who really have understand like the nuances of high finance. You got to see my, I got to show you what's going on with my uh,
0: Roth IRA CBM. IBM and
2: So I just like, I just like, oh, I'm, I'm really, really long on Tanzanian mines right now. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Nickel is uh, where it's at right now. Because like, they're going to still make nickels, right? Right. Like when, when, when Apple Pay and all that stuff comes and goes, we're going to go back to change. Listen, like when jobs uh, kick the bucket all of Apple fell apart. I'm shorting Apple right now. Shorting Apple, high on Nick, long on nickel. I love nickel. So that's just a free one. That's like a free hit for you guys. Right. But we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of of why they need a successor on this show. So why is it so important that they name a successor?
0: Well, a, a thing that, I mean, it's underrated, and uh, people don't talk about it enough, but the human lifespan is finite.
2: I mean, we're right. doing interesting work on that. Right. Right. Manchester United midfielder Eric Cantona believes that cells can live forever. Um, can they?
0: You know, there are micro microscopic animals that do live forever. Um, that's a little. That's another you, little. I'm, I'm one long for you. on those guys too. I'm working on that uh, with uh, one of my startups. Is looking at combining, uh, you know, microscopic uh, those micro pigs. Have you ever seen those? No. They're I called have. micro pigs. They live for like four hundred years, and uh, and the blood of teenagers. Just combining those, and st- anyway, that's I don't want to give out the secret sauce, but that's a thing we're working on. But they haven't cracked that code yet, and that's why you need a successor because people do after you know eighty, ninety, to sometimes one hundred and twenty years, they right. do die.
2: That's Finance 101. Uh, Let's yeah. get into Let the meat Cake, the crazy rich moment of the week. I just loved all the fake self-deprecation yes. that Nan does. Jason hit on this Same earlier, thing. but it's basically like her having this, like I think it was in Connecticut. It seemed like, yeah. They flew over a her, body Her of water. like gesturing towards their fucking mansion and being like, welcome to our funny little house. Yeah, And like all of their like oh my funny God. little conventions that they had. That place was decked out. That place is like... You know, obviously, like, the summer hot spot. It was just, like, the, all the, like, fake, like, oh, we're just so humble. It's like, get out of here.
0: Even Naomi being like, oh, what do you do? I work at a rehab facility in, Mil, in, in Mill Valley, which yeah. is one of the nicest parts of, like, the Bay Area. And she
2: and works on my own recovery.
0: Yeah, it's like, come on. Like, oh, I, like, crashed my Audi. All, like, and then, again, when Nan comes out with the roast, and everybody's like. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, man, you didn't, you didn't cook this. You've been
2: with us the whole time. Some other Turnhaven traditions. I love the drink. Uh, uh, bump breaker. Yeah, the bump breaker. The break bumper. Break bumper, I'm sorry. The, the, the recipe is stolen from the wallet of Teddy Roosevelt's valet. It's like, what is this, an E.L. Doctorow <laughs> novel? Like, <laughs> just fucking, it's an old-fashioned. What are you talking about? And also just like,
0: yeah, it's like, look around this house. You have tapestries of people hunting. <laughs> like, what is, like, come on! You guys are fucking super rich. You named your mansion. Yeah,
2: I what know. If you name, you name your house, I guess they do that a lot on like flipping out now. You know what I mean? Where they're just like this this house, like this two bedroom <laughs> on like a street next to a highway. It's like, but we're calling it Tara. Right. It's like, all right, guys, Get like relax. Here. It's just a fucking condo in Waco. Uh, <laughs> let's do uh, predictions for next week. Mm. This is weird, right? So, I am starting to have. Not confusion, but, like, questions about what happens in the interim of episodes. Yeah. So, like, episode four, which we loved, Safe Room, uh, I love this whole season, but Safe Room ends with Kendall and Shiv having that pretty tender moment. Right. Episode five begins, they're kind of reset back to, like, being very wary of each right. other. Shiv is gone, has
0: had a business trip to London, and now she's back, so it's an amount of time, a good amount of time has passed. It seems
2: like it. And yeah. so... I'm I'm curious about. I think rather than even predicting like next week Shiv does this, I'm I'm more curious about how much time passes in between because Logan has been saying this needs to happen fast for it to work for me. Like I will pay for speed. Got to happen. So the season is obviously about them trying to acquire Pierce to stave off Stewie and Sandy. I'm devastated that we have not had more Stewie this season. Yeah. Um, So what do you think could happen next week?
0: I think that we're going to see, I, I think we saw it in the moment when um, Shiv was like, "It's you just tell him it's me, Dad. I think the response to that and the success of the Pierce acquisition is going to hammer home for all the Roy kids that if they ever want this thing, they got to take it. Mm-hmm. They got to bring Logan down somehow. Are we going to see a coup in the making? Do they work together? Do they work together? Do they band together to take... Logan down because this piecemeal thing of, oh, I'm going to make a side deal with Logan, I'm yes. going to make it, is not working at all because he has their number and he's playing them against each other. They need to band together if they ever really want to take this business from him.
2: The only other thing that I think is coming is a Marsha blow up because we still haven't yeah. found out what is eating at her. Yeah, The idea that Logan was like, she told me her life story in this great night that we had together and she's, together like, oh, and she's yeah. like, yeah, I couldn't tell you my life story in a week. Like yeah. she Obviously something's building. I think she's I don't know whether she's resentful that Shiv is being lined up as the successor rather than her.
0: I think she thought this was more of a partnership. Maybe. And 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 you know, she got Logan through that episode with the, with the aneurysm or whatever it is that happened to him, the stroke. She nursed she, him back to health. She nursed him yeah. back to health. She's the one that got him up on the stage at the charity event and was like, you can do this, you can take it back. Yeah. She's the one who did the, uh, the reverse psychology and was like, yeah, maybe you should give it up. Um, and I think now being cast aside to to a certain extent and being treated like just another chess piece on the board Mm -hmm. I think has really pissed her off the fact that she was like didn't know about the Shiv moves like is that is that true right never heard an inkling about it has really gotten to her
2: yeah it's really I I, so I feel like something with Marsha is brewing and like Jason said we could be seeing the kids needing to band together against Logan we'll have to find out next week join us here on Number One Boys right after the East Coast airing Mm -hmm. of Succession for Jason I'm Chris see you later